Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in to this podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am your host, Stephanie J, and I am delighted and so excited to have you with me on this day because this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, what does it mean to rejoice? It means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And that is right, that everyone includes you. And yes, we do have a choice in the matter. We can choose to rejoice. We can choose to take our focus off of what is going on. And we can choose to focus on more positive things. We can choose to focus on the fact that first and foremost, we are alive. If you are listening to my voice right now, then that means that you are alive. And as I've quoted many times before, someone said, any day above the dirt is a good day. So I think that's a good place for us to start in Yes, we know there is so, 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 so much going on around the world. I got back in my car today and I had my station tuned to one of the Christian radio stations um, where I listen to music and uh, they were talking about some news, some blast that happened in uh, Beirut and different places. And I mean, it is literally like Every single day, there is something going on. It is not just the pandemic. It's not just Corona, but it is so, so much stuff going on. And I definitely um, choose not to focus. I mean, we, we see what's going on. We get to hear the news. We see what is happening. And of course, those are the things that we want to lift up and prayer because we know that these are not things that we can handle. Things happen, things come out of nowhere. And and just like the pandemic, we are just in a position where we have to deal with these things as it comes. I don't think that this is going to take anyone by surprise, but I'm going to say it anyway. We are living in the last days. I said it. We're living in the last days. And this is truth. You read the Bible, look at the Bible, look at the timeline of the scriptures, and you'll see that we are smack dab in the middle of the book of Revelation. It is just about to wind down. And the enemy, our adversary, Satan, the devil, he knows that his time is short, so he is definitely busy. The Bible says that he is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is looking for the weakest 
link. He wants as much company as he could possibly get to join him, the false prophet, the Antichrist, in that lake burning with fire that Revelation talks about. He knows. And so he's definitely busy and he is out to deceive. So as the apostle Paul told us, I would admonish you today to examine yourself, take some time, pull away, step away, come away from the news mediums, come away from all of that stuff on social media. A lot of it is basically a bunch of nonsense anyway. Step away from that stuff and make sure, examine yourself, examine your heart, ask Holy Spirit to examine your heart, see whether you be in the faith. It would be a terrible thing to live through all of this down here. And then when this is all over, you're going to wake up and lift your eyes up in hell. Oh, I think not. You want to make sure as the Bible says, you want to make your calling and your election. Sure. I am not living through hell just to end up in hell. So you take the time, you take time to spend in the word and you pray and you seek God's face and you see what is displeasing and you cast that thing off as the Bible says, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets you. So that's the mode that I'm in these days, you know, I spend time in prayer and I spend time in the word and I even have an aim and a goal set to even increase that time because I want to do as the word says and dwell in the secret place of the most high. I want to stay right there, right in the shadow, in the center of his will and I want to be underneath his wings so that way when the storms hit because they will and they do I want to know that I am protected I want to know that I am covered how about you and I hope that that is the decision that you have made or you will make today I cannot even sit here and say well, you know, take some time this week because we don't know what will happen from one moment to the next. Things are just happening and it is like wildfire, one thing on top of the other. And is, is it just me or does anyone notice that time is just seeming to go so rapid? Already it is Wednesday. It was just Sunday. I'm just thinking about some of the things that I was doing on Sunday and then preparing for this week. Already we're in the middle of the week. Where is the time going? We do not know. You hear of people who are leaving this earth left and right. They were just here. Um, some, some people we were just talking to. People are making plans today. You know, everybody's coming out of this you know, isolation mode and people are trying to get back to their lives as usual. They're trying to get back to normal and they're planning parties and weddings and all of these different things that they were not able to do, social gatherings. And 
and a lot of people that you were going to invite or people that you talk to or would like to see, they're gone. You don't know. No one, no one knows the day nor the hour. We do not know. We do not know when exactly Jesus will return, but understand today that he is coming back. It is not a joke. And a lot of people think because, oh, I've been hearing this all of my life. Well, you know what? I have to. I've been hearing it ever since I was a child coming up in a church, a little girl. But guess what? I don't disbelieve it because it hasn't happened yet. I know that the time is nearer. Paul said now the time is nigh, drawing nigh. It is nearer than it was before. So every single day, understand that we are getting closer to that day. And you want to be ready. I'm sure you do. I know that I do. So let's take this time out of our schedules. I know we're busy. I know there's a lot going on. You know, these last few weeks I've been in and out and I've been running a lot throughout the, you know, the day. Sometimes I'm home in the morning and then I'm out in the afternoon and the evening and just from one place to the other. But you know what? I always take time to pray. When I wake up in the morning and I open my eyes, I'm talking to my father. I make time to open my word. I make time to listen to inspirational materials or read inspirational materials that will keep my mind on track and help keep me focused. In fact, I found a new podcast that I really like a lot. I guess about two weeks ago, I was checking on my podcast, going on to the various sites, Breaker and uh, Radio Public, some of the, the sites that I don't listen to as much, uh, Spotify, and I'm putting my name in and doing a search. And it brought up some suggestions. And I happened to see uh, one podcast that was titled uh, The Blood Bought Podcast. Well, it, it piqued my interest. So when I finished what I was doing, I clicked on it and I really didn't intend to listen to it. I just wanted to see what it was about. And the lady's name is Frances Marshall. And within about three to five minutes of just listening to her voice, it just sucked me in. And next thing I know, um, and hers aren't um, very long. They were maybe something like 15, 20 minutes and she had one that was like a prayer and it was maybe about six or seven minutes within that first two to three day. I had listened to maybe about six of her podcasts. I went on and subscribed and she has some new ones up. I haven't had a chance to listen to, uh, I think the last two yet. I'm going to probably listen to them today or this evening. And the last one I heard was in her joy series where she's doing, you know, the joy of family. She's talking about marriage and the joy of children. It is very inspirational. It is very uplifting. And I definitely would recommend that podcast. It is called the blood bought, uh, podcast. 
very, very, very good and inspirational podcast. So those are the things that we want to be doing and spending our time. You do not want to invest your time in things that you will not get a return on in this day and hour. So that's my impromptu rant for this episode. I'm going to talk a very few moments about something that has been in my heart for the past few weeks as I was reading over uh, the book of Genesis again. Eve kind of stood out and caught my attention. And yes, Eve gets a bad rap because she was the one who messed up. She was the one who ate the forbidden fruit as they term it. She was the one who disobeyed God. And as a result, we women go through so much. And I I hear you ladies, because for many, many years, I was there, okay? I used to say, I cannot wait to see Eve on that day. I cannot wait. I had some things I wanted to say to her. And um, yeah, I was so angry. Like, how could you do this? Because of you, there's pain and childbirth. And we go through these monthly issues and these, you know, these crazy cycles and emotions and all of this stuff, right? And I sat back one day and I just got to thinking, hmm. Now, Stephanie, if that were you in that situation, what would you have done? Would it have been the same outcome or would it have been worse? You know, I said in one of my books, she took a bite. I probably would have been in there making pies, <laughs> parfaits and puddings and all kinds. Of, I would have started a garden business, you know. So we we get down on Eve. We need to cut her some slack because, you know, that curiosity in us, in our nature, we more than likely would still be in the, you know, the same situation. But the the message that came to me when I was reading through uh, the first two chapters again was the Eve syndrome. So I just want to talk and it'll probably be a few episodes on the Eve syndrome and focusing on the fact that She was having a conversation with someone that she should not have even been talking to. Let's take it a step further. The Joker shouldn't have been in the garden. Adam should have stepped up. And we'll talk about that. Adam should have the one that God gave dominion and put in charge the the man of the house, the king of the castle. He was the one that should have set everything straight. I used this illustration before when I was talking a little more in detail about some of the accounts in the book of Genesis, how things are today. And I don't, I don't know about your husband or your man or whatever, but I know for a fact in my marriage, that situation would not have gone down because the first thing my husband's going to do, and he has done it on many occasions, 
he's going to step up and fill this guy out. Like, why are you talking to my wife? What, what's that about? You know, and I'm not saying, you know, that he's going to come and do it in a huff and gruff way, unless a guy is, you know, being disrespectful. And we've had a few of those incidents where, you know, my husband would have to like check somebody, but for the most part, if he walks away, like sometimes we're in the store, we go to Walmart frequently and things of this nature, grocery stores and stuff. And I may be in the aisle and he may go off to get something and someone might come over and, and start a conversation or whatever. And when he steps back up, you'll instinctively know, oh, okay, this must be her guy. This must be the person that she's when he wake, he'll walk up and he'll say, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I was uh, just talking to you. Okay, what's up? And we might end up in a three-way conversation, but he is not just going to stand by and allow someone to engage in conversation with me until he checks the temperature. That's just how it works. So I'm not really understanding what was up with Adam on that day, but we're going to turn the focus on Eve, because we know as a result of this, we women deal with so many issues. So let's just look at um, a few scriptures here. And I always like to point out because we hear so much about marriage and the man having dominion and the man being over the woman and a lot of people unfortunately look at this situation and they feel like women were made to be inferior to men. And that is just not the case. I'm sorry. That is not what God had intended. He actually created Eve and her name in Hebrew is Hawa. And she was created for the purpose to be his help meet his companion. The Bible says that there was no one comparable in the garden to Adam. There was no one on his level that he could talk to and create with and things. So God first created him. He gave him his position in the garden. I'm going to put all this in your hands for you to manage. But then the Bible says that God put Adam into a deep sleep, the first surgery. He took a rib from his side. He sold him up. And from that, he formed the woman. And then the Bible says he brought her to Adam. Okay. After he completed her, then he took her over to Adam. But let's look real quick in the first chapter, verse 26 tells us the purpose for God creating man. It says, and God said, let us make man. And originally woman and man was called Adam, which means man. We were to be one, male and female, one. I forget that's either in Genesis 6 or 9. I don't have time to look for it, but it says, and God called them Adam, okay? So it says, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over 
the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, listen at this, male and female created he them. 28, and God blessed them. It doesn't say, and he blessed Adam. It says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. See, he's talking to both of them and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So see, that was God's intention for mankind, for the man and the woman to reign and to rule and have dominion over his creation. And yes, things did get messed up as we're going to see, but that does not take away from God's purpose and plan for his people. So in chapter two, it tells us that there went a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground in verse six, seven says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust. So now it's telling you how he actually went about doing what he talked about in chapter one of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living soul. Eight. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man who he had formed. Nine, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, so there's that tree that got them in trouble. So verse 15 says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, this was to Adam saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Okay. So the command was given to Adam before Eve was formed. Okay. Adam knew better. 18 says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Adam didn't say this. God said it. God decided that he shouldn't be alone. And he says, I will make him and help meet for him a companion, not a slave, 
a companion, a helper to help him rule and take dominion over the creation. 19 says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 20 says, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. There was nothing or no one in that garden comparable to Adam. So 21 says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. 22 and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. 23 and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman or womb man. Adam named Eve, not God. Adam called her woman because she was taken out of man. And then he says, and men, you need to catch a hold of this. 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave or be joined, be glued, be connected unto his wife. Can anything be closer than that? We need to take some time sometimes and think about that. What does it mean if you are joined together with someone and the Bible says, and they shall be one flesh. Now that's close. That is connected. And 25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So this is the very beginning, the very first marriage, the very first relationship in the word of God. And we're going to talk more in the next episode on chapter three, when the enemy comes in and we're going to see basically what I'm talking about, the Eve syndrome. This is what led to what's coming next is why we're in the condition that we're in, why we experience and go through so many of the things that we go through. But, oh, there is good news today because there is another, another, I said another, <laughs> another Adam who came and set things straight. The first Adam messed up, but the second Adam and the last Adam, which is the same person, came and cleaned it all up. And then the book of Galatians chapter three tells us that he bore the curse. So even though the actions that took place in these chapters of Genesis uh, resulted in a curse. People say God cursed Adam and Eve. I don't see that in a scripture. He blessed 
them. They were already blessed. The Bible says in Romans, the gifts of God, the gifts and calling of God come without repentance. God did not bless them and then decide to not bless them because they disobeyed. No, they received consequences for their actions as we do today, as we incur upon our children. The ground was cursed for Adam's sake. And Eve had the consequences of having uh, pain and labor in childbirth. So apparently because of the way God said it, and we'll get into that, it was not meant to be that way. But as a result, this is what took place. And then he tells her, you know, your desire will be for your husband and, you know, your desire to rule over each other. Everything got messed up as a result of this disobedience. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for his perfect, unblemished, shed blood that has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And if you grab hold of this and if you believe it, it will literally change your life. It will begin to change the way you see yourself, the way you see things. And oh, it is a good thing. So I'm going to stop right here and I will talk to you again soon on the next podcast. Be richly and abundantly blessed.